Welcome everybody to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. And today we're going to be doing exactly what we said, talking about Microsoft stuff on this podcast. Uh, we had last week, we kind of took a break and gave you guys a special uh, where we just kind of uh, ran through all of Windows 11, uh, at least what we know so far, what's been released, uh, what Microsoft uh, has in store as well. So we just kind of you know, took the full view of that and let you guys kind of ingest that. We will be having more of my, uh, Windows 11 talk, obviously, in the days, weeks, and months, and probably years to come. Uh, I'm your co-host, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host. Arif Bakis. Yeah, and uh, today we're going to be getting back into the swing of things. Uh, both your co-hosts are here, uh, and we have tons <laughs> of tons of news. So uh, just to kind of start off, we're going to be talking about uh, Windows, the new Windows 11 build that came out for Insiders, and I believe in the dev channel, uh, just to kind of see what new things they've incorporated, what new things are coming, uh, what new things they have fixed uh, for some of the stuff that we were using from a previous build. And then we also have the Windows 11 bug bash, which kicked off on July 7th and will run through July 14th. There's a couple of different quests you could finish, and we'll just run through them really quickly if you're curious and you want to join in on the fun. Then if we had some kind of soundbite, it'd be one of those like scary, screeching, you know, horror film <laughs> kind of sound things for the next topic, which is the print nightmare vulnerability. Uh, for principles and uh, the accessibility that people can get through uh, third-party software using the the print uh, functions within Windows. Uh, Microsoft, we'll go through kind of the whole story of it and the solution that Microsoft pushed out yesterday and what it did or didn't break. And then um, Office has a new look. Windows 11 has had a new look for a week and a half now, and now Office is finally getting in on the fun, and they have a what they're calling a visual refresh, and we'll just guide you through what's new in this visual refresh, quote-unquote. Yeah, and then we have our favorite section, which is the fast, fast recap, which I've said too fast, trying to recap. <laughs> um, we will be talking about the Microsoft Jedi contract coming to its inevitable conclusion. Uh, we also have hints of Windows 10, 20H2, uh, 20, possibly 21H2. 21H2. I'm so used to saying 20. <laughs> 21H2 uh, out there. So it could be coming any month uh, or any day, any month now. Uh, we also have Teams Together mode for all sizes, uh, Surface free upgrades to Windows 10, 11 banners. Um, and I believe that should be it. So it should be a pretty short recap. Yeah, and then we also have Week Ahead and Microsoft Inspire is coming up. So we just have a couple of things that you might want to look look towards to in the Week Ahead relating to Inspire. And then I have a new another Dell product coming in, the Dell Ultra, Ultra Sharp 4K webcam, which FedEx did not bring in time for the podcast once again. And other than that, I also have a iPad Pro review coming up and uh, a comparison to a Surface perhaps. Yeah, um, uh, for any of you who want to, you can also jump and read my Surface Pro 7 Plus review. Um, perhaps uh, Arif and I will collaborate and come up with a different uh, kind of uh, tit for tat post, uh, you know, call and response for the two things later on uh, this year. You know, just kind of compare how Windows 11 does on these type of detachable devices compared to what uh, the new iPads uh, with the new iOS and the new chips can bring to the table in 2021. But speaking of Windows 11, uh, you're back this week, so I'm doing your favorite thing. Your favorite thing is the segue, and I will segue <laughs> us into our new Windows 11 build. I know you are on vacation, but did you manage to install it and tell the people what's new? 
yeah, for those who are watching the uh, video, uh, you can still see I'm still on vacation. Uh, this is not my room, has never been my room. <laughs> this is my wife's room, uh, her childhood room. So uh, please judge lightly. Uh, yes, I am still on vacation, but I have uh, been trying to keep up with the news, keep up with the releases. I did install the new Windows 11 build. Uh, and with that being said, just kind of go over some of the new things that are in it. Um, again, this has been released to the Dev uh, Insiders. Uh, on that channel and it's coming in it's build 22000.65 uh, and it's introduce introducing uh, some stability improvements as well as including some feature things that um, I actually kind of missed uh, and not missed you know longingly just missed visually like I totally didn't even notice it was not there uh, one of the first things in Windows 11 that they brought was the search box uh, it's now not only do you have the search icon uh, down at the bottom, but you can also go to the start menu and at the very top you will have a search bar, which will then flip you over to the search platform essentially in Windows 11. It's the same uh, visually as the icon. So I don't know if this is uh, gearing up to be a consolidation of sorts, um, maybe getting rid of the search icon altogether using the start menu to let you do all of your you know, searching, sorting of your apps, uh, information overload, all in that area, or if they're going to keep the two separate and they're just giving you more ways to access the same thing, I guess, which is kind of on par for Windows. Uh, the other thing, if you want to, I mean, you can go over some of this too. I want you to start talking some more. Yeah, I'm a person that likes to have my computer plugged into my monitor. And one of the problems with the original Windows 11 build was the fact that you weren't able to span your taskbar across multiple monitors. But um, now that's back in this new build, which just so happens to be the second dev channel build of Windows 11. And other than that, some people who tested um, Surface devices with Windows 11, especially the Surface Book, they were very annoyed that the power mode settings were gone. Uh, well, obviously it's an in initial build, so not everything is there, but the um, this new build brings that back. And if you visit these settings, you'll now see that you could choose that dif those different power modes that you are accustomed to having in Windows 10. That's one other thing that's new. And of course they have the usual bug fixes uh, that people have been reporting in the feedback hub. They fix bugs with the taskbar, the new settings app, uh, file explorer and search. And more importantly, as we'll get into later on in the podcast, they issued a fix for the um, print nightmare vulnerability uh, in Windows 11 itself. Yeah, I believe the one other thing, uh, and this is what I meant by sort of missing and not missing uh, a feature that they kind of brought back, as you said, they brought a, a settings menu for yep. the taskbar, uh, which will allow those of us who have multi multiple monitors to quickly access uh, apps from, you know, whatever monitor you're currently working on. Uh, I'm here on vacation. I brought uh, my Vessel 15-inch uh, portable monitor. And I thought it was just something that had to do with the, you know, monitor itself, where I wasn't getting the taskbar to span across both. I didn't realize that uh, Windows 11, you couldn't do that. You know, everything was supposed to be center task and only in that one area. At least that's how I thought it was going to be initially uh, rolled out to everybody. But they're finally bringing, you know, all of that former Windows functionality and back into the taskbar. It's not on by default, so even if you update, uh, um, you won't see it. You have to actually, use, I mentioned, we, we talked about this off camera. You have to go into the settings menu in order to enable it. Yeah, and other than that settings menu, they also fix the, something that I also do in Windows is refresh my desktop. Like say you move a file and 
then it's there, but it's also not there. Sometimes things bug out and it's not always up to date. Well, now to refresh your desktop in Windows 11, you would have to right click and then go into more options and then refresh. But now they actually added that refresh button right into the main right click menu without needing to click show more, show more options. Basically, they're patching up the things that people have been complaining about, which is good because you want to run it and you want to report your feedback and Microsoft is listening to everything that you have to say. Yeah, I'm also noticing, and again, I apologize for those who feel like I'm repeating some of the things <laughs> they probably already have experienced, but I feel like we're also getting some more design tweaks in the context menus. Yeah, uh, We're getting more icons as well. Uh, usually you just had a stack of text separated by you know line breaks. Uh, if you go into your uh, context menu, if you're in like the file explorer, you'll start to see icons for uh, different things next to text as well. So. That's just part of what they're refreshing. And we just hit the highlights here. If you want to learn yeah. more about everything that has changed in this second Windows 11 Dev Channel Insider build, you could visit our website and just click the Windows Insider link at the top and then scroll through our list of articles. Our, our writer put out, put out the full change log there. So if you if you're, want to know what's new in the release, uh, just click the article and read through it, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. Moving on to the next thing, uh, which we have about Windows 11, is Windows says uh, we're currently undergoing a Windows 11 bug bash already. Yep. So uh, those of you who are sitting there tallying up a list of complaints on a sticky note, uh, <laughs> perhaps somebody has addressed them and we are now collecting all that information. It's uh, been running since, when did you say it was? When did it July, first July 7th. July 7th, uh, and it will end July 14th. Uh, people are completing various quests. I believe there are up to, what do we say, 22 quests uh, currently listed. Um, I'm sure people can find other stuff as they explore, but of those official from Microsoft, there are 22. Uh, the latest Windows Insider bug bash, uh, the last one I think we had was right before we got Windows 11. Yeah, uh, right, or at least right this, back in, yeah. Uh, yeah. And this this one is is adding to that, and it it, it, it seems like, it's a pretty decent bug bash. I mean, they just want people to play with the the new features of Windows 11 and experience it because I mean, if you're downloading it, you know what's new, but if you also completing the quests will give you a badge and it, it'll show you your pride that, oh, I'm a beta tester. I downloaded Windows 11 early. Yeah, some of the things <clears throat> that you can quest through, some of the themes are centered around the new start menu, which again, we need, will need a lot of work. Uh, as we've said in you know multiple yep. articles we've written, that the start menu for Windows 10 only became as good as it is after about four major iterations. So yep. expect to, you know, for this to happen for this start menu as well. So that's one thing bug bashes are kind of bug bashers are working on. Uh, the snapping in Windows, uh, again, we have the new snap, um, uh, snap icons and, and uh, uh, the multitasking features where you're able to stack the windows. Yep. Right. In uh, within the uh, maximized settings of the windows, uh, I'm sure we're going to be uh, tweaking that and probably for animations to make sure that uh, things stay consistent across multiple monitors. Uh, I know that uh, one of the things that they prided themselves on during the rollout of Windows 11, at least during the announcement, was that things on your desktop will remain on your desktop when you uh, unplug and plug in monitors. So this is probably perhaps more more to that to make sure that your snapped or your pairings, your Windows pairings remain intact as much as they can whenever you're moving things in your desktop around. 
the other things we can uh, kind of go through is quick settings, the notification center, app animations, um, and widgets. I don't know what kind of bug bashing is going to happen with the widget <laughs> thing. I know because it really just links that to MSN's web page uh, of that. So maybe they'll be building more features into that, uh, making that a full sort of PEA or PWA within the system. Or hopefully maybe we should just you know, all bug bashes right in just simple context. More third-party widgets, please. Yeah, that, that's what the feedback hub is for. If you feel like you need something, um, you could try it out in the in the uh, finish your quest on it. And then at the end, there's a little box and it's like, what do you think? Do you have any feedback? How would you rate it? You type, oh, I think we need to add a Twitter widget. I think we need to add a blah, blah, blah widget. And who knows, maybe Microsoft would end up doing it. Yeah, all we know is that they're not going to be adding the MSN sports widget because MSN sports is on the way out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one of the many things that Windows 8 brought us that is finally being ushered out on the pasture. Uh, the next thing we have, uh, which is again still Windows related, but is less of a excitement, exciting topic for us to talk about, which is the print nightmare vulnerability. Uh, Cue I'll the scary can... music. Cue the scary I know. music. I will put that in. I will put that in before we actually get to this. But uh, like like Kareem was saying, it is actually a pretty scary issue. Um, on July 2nd, Microsoft became aware of the issue. It, particularly, it is called a remote code execution vulnerability that affected the Windows Print Spooler service. So for those of you who aren't tech geeks like we are, the Windows Print Pooler service is basically what the file that you send from a program to your printer, the spooler service is able to read it. And hackers are able to hack their way in between that. And it was something that Microsoft wanted to investigate because the code, there's a code in Windows that has a vulnerability and hackers were able to put themselves in between it. And they could have exported that vulnerability to perform privileged file operations. And with privileged file operations, they could take complete control of your computer, uh, look at your files, uh, look, look, install programs and delete stuff and cause blue screens of deaths. And Microsoft said that an attacker was able to exploit it. So it means it was already in the wild. And it's something that's very concerning. This made headlines all over the world, e even outside of the tech world. I, I saw it on the evening news here. People, they were like, this is a big, huge deal. But anyway, that, that's the start. It started on July 2nd, but then a short few days later on July 6th, Microsoft actually released a patch to fix it. Um, it came uh, for all versions of Windows, Windows 10, Windows 7, Windows 8.1, Windows Server, all Windows versions, because this impacted all Windows versions, not just Windows 10. And it urged people to install it as soon as possible. And after that, um, there was a there was problems with the patch. I know you you've been keeping up with this. The researchers said that there's still problems with the patch, even though it supposedly fixes the issue. The issue could still be there. Yeah, uh, on July eighth, researchers showed that uh, it's still possible to exploit the vulnerability on the patch systems and the servers. Uh, Benjamin. Delpli, Del Pi, I believe, one of security expert and a developer at, uh, of the network utility Mimcats, showed a remote code execution uh, or RCE uh, and local privilege escalators LPE uh, exploit on a patched Windows Server, uh, Windows Server 2019, with the point and print technology still enabled. Uh, other people, uh, again, who are 
researching all of the Microsoft stuff, found that the connection to their printer stopped working uh, as well. So not only can this still be exploited uh, through uh, certain means, it's also found to have affected, uh, and make sure we're clarifying this so we don't like, you know, send everyone to the uh, to the barn <laughs> looking for pitchforks and knives. Uh, it's for a zebra printer, zebra labor printer. I don't even know what that is, but this happens <laughs> to be one of the printers where, when applied, when the patch applied to a Windows device, shut down its ability to print. So when you read headlines saying that you know people can't print because of the new patch, just keep in mind, at least so far, anecdotally speaking. It's for this brand of printer. And then Microsoft also issued a statement today on July 9th saying that the uh, security update is working as designed and is effective against the printer spooling exploits and all other public reports collectively being referred to as print nightmare. All reports we have investigated have relied on changing of default registry settings related to point and print to an insecure configuration. So it's just a specific way and a specific thing that these people who claim that the patch is not working are able to do and microsoft officially says that it's working and you shouldn't really worry too much yeah so we have a bit of he said she said um yeah. and uh in instances like this we are going to defer you know to the people who have the issue uh until our parties have resolved it so while microsoft says that this we shouldn't worry about it um and you know i believe them to a certain extent uh, there are people who are still experiencing this, and I'm sure we'll have more stories as this continues until there's a you know more permanent uh, solution in place for it. So, uh, and again, as we said, uh, for the people who are also experiencing issues with their printing, uh, I believe Zebra spoke to The Verge saying that they are working with Microsoft and waiting to have another patch issued uh, shortly. So, you random Zebra printers out there, uh, <laughs> there should be another patch coming hopefully within the next few weeks or so. And what is here after a few weeks of waiting for some people is the office visual refresh, which I don't have just yet, but I know you have it. Yeah, I am one of the cool kids. Uh, not initially, because I believe Brad Sam's got it. I, I, I believe I was sitting on the bench with Paul Thorat, and we were just kind of scratching our heads like, where is it? <laughs> uh, and it quietly showed up. This I had um, updated right when everyone said they were getting it, and I believe all of us kind of rushed to our systems. Uh, updated and then all we got was new menu settings in Excel basically <laughs> it was very upsetting uh, but probably within 24 hours I started to see the uh, refresh come into play and it and it's very subtle to be honest with you uh, you know as much as Microsoft's talked about how they're going to push the design forward it seems what they did was they highlighted the ribbon rounded the corners so it kind of actually stands out in almost a parallax effect from the rest of uh, the window, the window, the application window you're using. Uh, and it kind of sits out of place. Uh, so like I said, you'll, you'll sort of notice it um, if you uh, aren't using uh, the ribbon often. If you're using the ribbon often, you may or may not even notice because it, do it doesn't shift any of the things that are within the ribbon. It doesn't reduce them. It doesn't you know, uh, change from text to icons to make things more touch friendly. It makes them a little bit bigger, but mostly it's just the menu, the whole entire ribbon has been pulled from the window itself and kind of put in the forefront. So, so, uh, yeah. so is it just like Windows 11 itself where it's just a visual thing and it's not really in terms of like changing the way that you use Office? 
that is an apt analogy yeah it's uh <laughs> it's lipstick on a pig so to speak but at least this pig was you know a cute one to begin with this is more pig <laughs> than your regular like run-of-the-mill pig uh so what are, so some of the features uh like kareem hinted at um the biggest changes are rounded corners a new, different neutral color palette a customizable ribbon with a quick access toolbar that's now hidden by default and the office team noted that there are still some color and style inconsistencies that you might see so they're still working on this and this is just an early change and there could be more to come yeah um i will have to do my due, due diligence and test it in its regular color theme mode uh, i work in all dark modes essentially like i'm some kind of you know amateur photographer uh so uh for i'll have to see what these colorish consistencies are because they don't really appear in the dark themes but uh i will switch back and test out to see you know maybe there's stuff within the um title bar that changes you know the color differences between what's in the menus and things like that so i'll have to run through it again uh, again i'm constantly in office so i just have to change the theming for it but um for those who are still itching to get it you're not missing much so be patient and, and if you don't if you're not seeing it it's not something that's automatic uh, the ui can the new ui can be turned on and off by clicking a megaphone icon in the top right corner of the office apps which is not really obvious so if you're not seeing it try that and let us know if you'll see it after that well even less obvious is that it's not actually uh indebted to anybody on using office you have to be a specific beta tester so yeah you need to sure. sign up for the office insider program first Exactly. So uh, get started on that first. Run over to your office, uh, your account settings, I believe. Uh, sign up for being a beta tester and then check for an update. Uh, and I'm sure you'll get some sort of update that may run you know, five minutes to 40 minutes, depending on how long, and still nothing comes of it. And then perhaps, like I said, uh, as it's rolling out uh, to those, and it may just be an A-B testing phase, you may see it uh, maybe a day or so after you've done all of that. But that said, we hit all of our main topics, which now means it is time for Fast Recap. And for Fast Recap this week, we have some Jedi news. And I know you love talking about Jedi. So I'm giving us 10 minutes this week for, for Fast Recap. And I'll let you get started. Okay, welcome everybody to <laughs> all things Microsoft lost in the last two years, uh, starting <laughs> with the Jedi contract. Again, as I said off the top, it's a spoiler alert. Microsoft won and lost the uh, joint, uh, what was it called officially? Uh, it was the Defense Department's Jedi contract, essentially. Well, what they were going to do was uh, revamp the Department of Defense's communications, IT, and cloud uh, infrastructure. It was a $10 billion multi-year contract. Uh, and it began about three and a half years ago, uh, a bidding system, which had the likes of Amazon, uh, Amazon's AWS, Oracle, Microsoft, and some other cloud providers. I believe IBM was early on in it as well, all bidding for a chance to win this $10 billion contract, which again is not only, you know, 10 billion over for a company that's about to reach 2 trillion, isn't very much, but it's the cachet that comes with it the acknowledgement that they are not only uh, uh, able to provide an entire government's uh, cloud infrastructure, but the security that comes with it. You know, and all that said, it's just marketing for Microsoft's Azure to other companies, letting them know that. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> Oracle came out of the gate saying that there was impropriety in these uh, bidding of this. Uh, they had a lawsuit, they lost the lawsuit. 
part of what they were saying was that they had Amazon employees uh, leave the, uh, leave Amazon, become employees of the Department of Defense, create the bidding system for the or all the companies to, to follow, and then re, and then got rehired back at Amazon. So it seems kind of like unfair, unfair advantage to AWS. With the judge dismissing that, it became down to Amazon and Microsoft. They bid, they fought for pretty hard for about a year and a half. Um, during this time, Trump administration kind of stepped in, had a look at. Um, who was bidding uh, and it was you know notorious that uh, Trump the Trump administration were not fans of uh, AWS Amazon or Jeff Bezos personally uh, with that being said Microsoft ended up winning the bid in 2019 and Amazon cried foul immediately saying the Trump administration came in and unduly uh, awarded the contract to Microsoft based on some merits of a, uh, Azure being too, too expensive and an inferior product to AWS. Uh, they held litigations and injunctions to keep Microsoft moving forward with the contract uh, with the Department of Defense and getting started on this whole thing. It, they sat in litigation for a year and a half uh, with constant updates of uh, Amazon kind of hand-wringing saying, hey, there's something going on here. Several judges, about three reviews later, said that nothing was going on, but there's still one judge, I believe as early as this year, saying that she would look into it again, uh, and I believe this is the federal claims judge, said that you know there's still something to look into. With this all being said, and being two years beyond the period of awardment, uh, the Department of Defense said, we're just going to, if this continues and we don't get started, we're going to absolve the contract, just, I mean, dissolve the contract, and nobody wins. Well, as of last last week, I believe, they finally follow through on that and say, we're going to get rid of the Jedi contract as it stands and open up for a new form of uh, contract, uh, contraction or contracts for um, third party providers. Uh, this will allow Amazon and Microsoft to rebid, but it will not be a winner take all situation. It'll kind of be more along what uh, I believe the Department of Defense did before, where they kind of contract certain parts out to different people and they all have to kind of work together. Uh, the specifics on the new contract and you know who is going to be awarded and you know how long it's going to last for and things like that are kind of early trickling out early right now but are not definitive so in the end microsoft won amazon sued microsoft lost <laughs> amazon lost this is like a whole TikTok situation all over again remember that <laughs> i know i just need like the strings and like the map <laughs> behind me and tons of pictures well, you got you got to the business side of Microsoft. Let's jump back to the Windows side of Microsoft and this thing about Windows 10 21 H2. Um, you know, Windows 11 is out there, but Windows 10 is still in service and will still be supported through 2025 by Microsoft. And it was confirmed by Microsoft that they will keep supporting Windows 10. But a lot of people wanted to know what's going to happen. Will Windows 10 still get twice a year updates or will it just get once a year updates but it's looking as though there are a few hints that when the next version of windows 10 will be windows 10 version 21 h2 um, in a support page for windows hello for business microsoft said that windows 10 version 21 h2 will allow users to use external windows hello webcams when a when a laptop with an internal windows hello camera is closed or docked. And then in another support document, Microsoft mentioned that Windows 10 version 21H2 will add support for TPM. I'm going to say this wrong. Attest 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 
a test session for Intel Tiger Lake CPUs, and then on another support page for Windows Pros IT Windows IT Pros. Sorry, the company mentioned that Windows 10 version 21H2 will allow non-administrator accounts to configure the display language and other language features. So, even though they haven't officially said anything about Windows 10 21H2, their support pages are mentioning it. So. We're still getting a 21H2 update, huh? Uh, I mean, all <laughs> indications point to yes. Uh, and again, it's, I know us in the you know tech world and super enthusiastic individuals have already jumped ship to Windows 11. But uh, realistically speaking, the world is still on Windows 10 and they still need their updates. So uh, you know, this seems you know the pacing seems about right. The time frame seems ready for it. Uh, they will probably release uh, a Windows 10 update that coincides with Windows 11's release because the world is still on Windows 10. <laughs> and speaking of the world, the world uses Teams a lot. And um, in Teams, or, you know, Or Microsoft would like us to believe. <laughs> and um, you don't want your people to be together in boxes uh, while during meetings. Or you want people to be together in together mode. And together mode is finally being updated so that in uh, together mode now, you don't need to have a group of people. Uh, Microsoft is expanding together mode into more Teams meeting, and it was spotted by Microsoft MVP Amanda Sterner, and they're rolling out together mode for all meeting sizes. Um, we tested it at on Microsoft, and we were able to get it working with just two people in a Meet Now meeting. So it's great to see that uh, you won't have to be staring peop at people in a tiny box and you'd be able to see them in an auditorium setting and at a bigger in a bigger pace. Yeah, um, I believe they also mentioned that they will be adding different uh, backdrops and things like that yeah. in the coming uh, months for together mode. So you can host people in not only a stadium, but maybe a stage or maybe a WWE ring, who knows? <laughs> you have a battle royale situation as far as the media is concerned. Uh, together mode currently uh, features, uh, currently accommodates up to 49 people at a time. So um, this is, you know, obviously for the enterprise side, but I believe as, uh, you know, Microsoft makes this big push to put Teams. There's the new chat and communication platform in Windows 11. Um, you can start to see, you know, perhaps family gatherings, uh, family reunions, things like that, that were done during the pandemic carry over to Teams where you have, you know, larger groups of friends and get togethers in together mode. And if you guys want us to try together mode on the podcast, let us know. We'll have a poll and we will try it if you guys really want to see what a podcast with together mode looks like, because now it's possible. We could finally do it. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, we also would like your participation in this as well. We, again, we've always asked that people kind of come out and, and speak with us uh, directly and, and, and you know be a part of this podcast because we're all part of the tech community and we all have different varying opinions, none better than one other. So uh, if you do want to see this, uh, also let us know if you'd like to be a part of it. And we have one minute left to talk about the Surface Free Upgrade to Windows 10 banner, Windows 11 banner. See, I had a slip of the tongue. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you start with that. Yeah, so if you're shopping for a Surface this holiday season or anytime soon, um, you'll see uh, specific Surface products now have a compatible with Windows 11 and free upgrade to Windows 11 banner on the product page. So if you're shopping for a Surface in hopes of running Windows 11 later this later this uh, holiday season when uh, the OS is released officially, you're now, you'll now know which Surface works with it and which Surface does not. 
I believe that banner should apply to all except the Surface Studio 2. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Though the Pro 6 and the Laptop 3 also can run it, but uh, they're not currently up for sale on the store itself anymore, so you won't see it on the product listing itself. We're only talking about Surface products that are currently listed on the store itself. Yeah, and that gives us the end to our fast recap, but I will, you know, just for the official countdown in that, but I do want to tag on saying that I hope this fall we start, we will see a Surface Studio 3 that replaces the Surface Studio 2, so it's no longer a product that's being sold that can't upgrade to Windows 11, but, you know, perhaps a new all-in-one that has all the specs you need for Windows 11. And now we're hitting our week ahead segment, and I'll let you get started with Microsoft Inspire because I know you usually keep up on all these conferences and have attended before. Yeah, Microsoft Inspire is, I believe, uh, going to inch or at least expound on what we are, you know, assuming is Windows 11 in the cloud, Windows uh, Windows Cloud uh, version, I guess 11 or so, uh, or Windows as a cloud service. Uh, so we're going to be following that. Um, and letting people, you know, it's kind of another one of those IT conferences. Um, not, you know, anything big for the consumer end, except that we will now finally get to being able to say Windows as a service, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. and that being an official thing. So we plan to have that big news coming up. I believe it's next week or so. Yep. Uh, Ignite, Ignite runs from uh, July 14th to July 15th. Inspire. Uh, Inspire, Inspire sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ignite, Ignite should be. Ignite, should... Ignite yeah, is yeah. September. Exactly. So again, both are just, you know, uh, cloud oriented IT developer ones, just ones with more specific towards Windows, the other one more specific towards uh, like Azure and uh, Power VM and all the power power tools. So uh, again, expect to hear big news about Windows as a service, probably for the remainder of the summer, uh, thanks to Microsoft Inspire. You also might hear about Teams because uh, Teams is a big thing where Microsoft partners with all kinds of different companies for bots and services and plugins to Teams. So look out for some Teams news as well. Yeah, um, and you know they're probably going to be talking about hosting your own conferences because again we're still in this sort of hybrid work from yep. home, uh, you know, not in person, you know, not large in person conferences. So uh, they'll probably be rolling out again more features to host your own conference via Teams. And now let's get back into the hardware section because um, we're having a new, we got uh, Dell's new webcam for review. And I wish I would have had it here to show you, but if it comes uh, by, t- if it comes later, I could add the B roll in. But micro- uh, Dell has a new 4K webcam, which they claim has unrivaled image quality. We wrote a news post about it earlier in the month, but now we got the awesome opportunity to actually try one out. And I was hoping to use it on the podcast itself, but it didn't come in time. So uh, we'll be using it next week instead. But this is not your average webcam. It takes inspiration from DSLR cameras and it uses uses a Sony Starvis 4K CMOS sensor. That is DSLR quality right there. And it has digital overlap, HDR, video noise reduction, AI auto framing. It even supports Windows Hello. And it has a lot of other cool things that you don't find on your average rounded about uh, $20 webcam that you could buy from, from Amazon. So I'm looking forward to reviewing that uh, next week. Yeah, with that being said, it also is as pricey as all those features you just yeah, said. Yeah, it's like so. it's like two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it actually might be pushing three. Uh, it's it's a pricey webcam, but uh, again, 
for people who are looking to start a podcast, uh, who are constantly in conference meetings, uh, people who want to vlog, things like that. This is a very good solution for someone who doesn't want to necessarily necessarily carry around a DSLR uh, dedicated camera, but want to get all the features. Part of the design of the new Dell is that it also has uh, a deeper uh, housing so yep. that they can give you some of the bokeh effect that we, we don't really see from normal webcams. Part of the reasons because um, the lens just can't, uh, uh, doesn't have the room to do that kind of uh, special effects. So we'll be excited to see how this runs, you know, how this works out for you uh, and whether or not, you know, Dell has a hit on their hands. Something that Microsoft should contemplate when they go to do their next version of their webcam. We'll let you guys be the judge next week when I have it for the next episode. And you can tell us what you think and if you would go pick one up for yourself. And by comparison, I'm just going to smudge Vaseline on my webcam. Uh, well, it's, just so it, you have a stark comparison. It's better than when we first started the show, like uh, almost a year ago, and we were using our crappy uh, Lenovo uh, webcams. Yeah, they, they were especially <laughs> atrocious. And you didn't realize uh, that. It's kind of like going from uh, 720p to 1080. You're like, this is what I used to watch? This is <laughs> exactly. But um, what might be horrible for some people is my iPad Pro review. Um, but I picked one up and I want to <laughs> compare. I want. I specifically wanted to use one to compare it to a Surface Pro um, as someone who is used to using a Surface. And I was kind of not really happy with it. Kind of happy, kind of not happy in a few different places. And uh, I know me and you, we, we chatted about it off camera about some of the shortfalls of the devices, which video editing is one of them. And the lack of some real multitasking features is another one. But some of that stuff will be incorporated into my final review, which is coming up next week. Yeah, uh, speaking of which, uh, I will, I mean, I always have hardware. So again, uh, I got some Lenovo stuff I need to go through, some accessories as well. I got, uh, I just did the review of the, the next food, next pad T530, I think it was, which is a dedicated uh, communication device, essentially. Oh, that, you know, that thing Android. was awesome. That thing looked it's, awesome. It's pretty cool. Uh, I would point anybody to it who uh, is, again, working from home, wants a dedicated device. Uh, I said one of the benefits is that you're not carrying around your laptop. You're not ever worried about accidentally sharing the screen or anything like that because this is a dedicated device that will sit on a desk, uh, you know, anywhere from moderate to small size desk. Uh, and it's an Android tablet, so you can put any service on it. While it's certified for uh, Google Teams, you can still put Zoom on there. You can put uh, Hangouts, I think it is, or whatever the new chat one is, um, Skype and the rest. So you can have a dedicated little camera and it has 4K recording. The audio is really good. Anyway, I did that one, so you can go read that review. Uh, I will also be doing some uh, software reviews. Uh, uh, I want to compare uh, Windows editing, as you were just saying. Um, so I I currently use Filmora, I believe, um, also DaVinci for some things. Um, there's a new service, I believe, called Clip, Clip, Chap, Chap, Champ, yeah, I think I'm saying Clip right. Champ, yeah. That was premiered during Windows 11, um, and they have a new PD, PWA in, this, in the uh, Microsoft Store. It is super lightweight. It is kind of like a specialized version of iMovie. Um, so Microsoft is getting some people coming on board to make the Windows 10, Windows 11, you know, Windows 80 if you're still using it, uh, video editing uh, or creativity uh, platform a little better. So I want to see how it's shaping up uh, and still compare it to Apple's, you know, big sale for creatives. 
I'd be interested to see how a PWA is able to leverage your graphics card and actually punch out um, punch out like movies and renders. Because one thing, I have a HP Envy video editing laptop, and sometimes Filmora is something that hangs up a lot while I'm encoding at anything more than 1080p or anything more than uh, 30 frames per second. So I'm, I'm going to be really interested in reading your piece. Yeah, uh, like I said, this is all I'm hoping that Microsoft gets behind some of these developers like uh, Clipchamp to say, you know, you can still be just as creative on Windows 11 from the Windows Store using these software programs. They need to, you know, as much as Adobe has been kind of their big, uh, big, you know, their show horse, uh, I believe these new PWAs, these lighter versions of, you know, these kind of blends between iMovie and uh, uh, Final Cut, uh, as far as features are concerned, are the way to go for for people who are again just getting into being creative uh, and especially using Windows. So uh, that review should be coming up next week. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff planned. So be sure to visit onmicrosoft.com and read our site. Check out our reviews, our news, our features, our op-eds, everything. Yeah, and with that being said, I mean we have come to the end of this podcast. Unless we can ramble on about anything else for the next ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, I think you you and I pretty much covered our usual topics in under an hour or less. Yeah, I want to thank everyone for putting up with me, uh, kind of shooting this <laughs> podcast in guerrilla style uh, in the field, uh, away from my normal setup. Uh, but I will sh- I should be in my normal setup next week. Uh, I will start the formal goodbyes by saying you can find me, Kareem Anderson, uh, at Mindhead1 on Twitter. Um, where can they find you? A back journey. Yeah, and as we said, as you hinted earlier, you can find all of our uh, giveaways, reviews, editorials, uh, up-to-the-minute news uh, on Microsoft uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can look that up. Uh, or you can go to the website. Uh, we prefer you do both because uh, there's <laughs> we do also have polls and other things that are you know platform-specific. Uh, with that being said, thank you. Thanks for watching, everyone. See you again soon. Same place, same time. Stay safe out there. Uh, those of you in Florida, I will be with you soon. Hopefully, we're not underwater. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs>